You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. to the City of Ghosts. You're watching Haunted City on the Glass Cannon Network. Haunted City, the show where we play Blades in the Dark, an incredible tabletop role-playing game by John Harper and Evil Hat Studios. A game where you play scoundrels in a city full of crime and spirits. Um, it's... Uh, <laughs> It's a great game. It's the best game uh, written in the last 20 years. Go and buy your copy today. Uh, And speaking of buying things, there is a new Blades in the Dark uh, tool set that you should look into. Blades in the Dark OM Edition. That's O-M-M. That uh, stands for One More Multiverse. It's a collection of tools uh, that you can use to play Blades in the Dark. I got to play around with it the other day. You can create a beautiful, like, uh, pixelated digital avatar for your character. You can create character portraits. The whole character sheet is on there. And you can also interact with this beautiful, uh, gorgeous map of the city of Duskfall where all of your adventures take place and enter various locations all over the map in all of the districts. It brings the world of Blades in the Dark to life in a astounding visual manner. Go and check out Blades in the Dark Om Edition. And uh, what you can do right now is you can pre-order uh, that tool set at multiverse.com forward slash blades. That's multiverse.com forward slash blades. Okay, that's our sponsor mention. And now I'm going to mention some incredible players. <clears throat> they are here to kick ass and take names, and summon demons, and then let those demons take control of them, and then do <laughs> regrettable things. Uh, and their names, uh, and they are gifted improvisers, actors. I, I've, I've said all this before. It's going to seem like I'm trying to kiss ass now, but they are the best <laughs> players in the world. Please welcome Ross Bryant, Abu Salim, and Josephine McAdam. Hey. What up? Hey. Here we are. Hey. Again. Welcome back, again. gang. Again, again, again. Well, that was a really wild session last session. Um, first of all, it's the first time we've been unable to complete an entire downtime yeah. in two mm-hmm. hours. But that's okay, because I feel like the free play got into some issues that wanted addressing. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. And we also see that the crew has been fractured. It's happened before no. when Chuck left the crew. <laughs> Lest we forget Chuck. That yes. was an emotional time. Goodbye, Chuck. Mouse, we hardly like. knew ye. We'll see <laughs> Chuck much. again. But this time, one of the core members of the crew, Selya Khan, and his sister Kranz Khan walked off into... You can't say the sunset because there's no sun in Duskfall. Walked off into the dusk set. Um, so I was so surprised. I was... I just didn't think it was going to go that way. Me neither. Yeah, I really I thought y'all that. were going to go cold. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Turned out not everyone is as psyched as Celiac was to commune with Catholic elder deities of questionable morality. 
there I was prepared. I was like, you know what? Juliet can walk away. We'll do fun cult. We'll do cult shit, I guess. And <laughs> just totally flipped. Valkos continues to be the most unpredictable character of all time. (laughs) You think Valkos is hardcore into the uh, into the cult, but very believably and based on experiences we saw him have, I think he he decided to put the brakes on. And uh, what made Mm -hmm. you decide to do that, or or is that just where Valkos was leading you? No, genuinely, I think it's. I think he's he's experienced a lack of control. And I think there is, and I think actually the speech from the Path, Path of Echoes really kind of woke him up. And then also thinking of Juliet and what she went through. And like, you know, that I think there's been a lot that he has witnessed that has made him realize, what the fuck am I doing? You know, and especially, especially with the hands as well. I think the hands were very clear because Ugh. I think at the time I was thinking, wait, hands, did he want literal hands or did he want, you know, the hands, more hands of the enemy? Both are, are wrong. And I think, you know, Valkos has like a level of, you know, some form of sense of like hangabout moral compass. But yeah, I think that I think it, it genuinely Juliet was like one of his anchor points in regards to being like, no, this is this ain't cool, man. You know? Yeah. Uh, Juliet brought him back to his senses. Mm. Thank goodness. Well, um, wow. you know, you mentioned the path of echoes in Ring, your contact there telling the remnant to keep a low profile for a while. <laughs> and because we're in downtime, those months that you kind of keep it quiet can pass, you know, in the space of just this one game session. That's um, true. We already handled all of the fallout from the last score, the the payout, the XP, the mm. heat, the entanglements. So we can just continue down the road of downtime activities. And Valkos, it, it, it went to you last, and then there mm. were some... some fascinating scenes between the the pcs but now uh what does valkos do uh, after this meeting where where selyak walks out what is valkos's next move i think it's again uh to go back to the path of echoes and indulge in his vice again indulge Um, in his vice excellent and i think it's yeah it's in this in this in a different state you know different mind Mm. mentality it's probably got a bushy beard uh, you know, he's very, uh, he's, he's, he's learning a bit about himself, not only also about himself, but also about the city as well. He's, he's much, really kind of becoming reflective. How much stress do you have left? I have four stress left. Oh, okay. So there's a chance he could overindulge here. Mm. But, uh, it's not a huge chance. I mean, uh, but there is a chance if he rolls a five or a six, that'll be an overindulging. Um, well, let's say you arrive and, uh, we should RP it a little bit. Um, you Mm. arrive and you are greeted by someone you don't recognize. Um, this is, uh, a man, um, with, um, a lot of jewelry, um, uh, wearing the finery of a, uh, high ranking citizen of Duskfall. Uh, and he greets you and, uh, says, good evening, Mr. Valkos. I'm an associate of Ring. You may call me Mr. Ramond. Good evening, Mr. Ramond. Have you come to drink of the chalice with us again tonight? I have indeed. And you're sure that you're ready for another sip 
that you can handle drinking from the chalice again? I am in control. I am ready. Perhaps it's time for a test of your control. Please. Yes, you're way. you're ready? Yes. Follow me, please. Uh, and he leads you uh, past the chamber where you kind of indulged in the communal uh, sipping from the cup into a uh, chamber that is down some steps and through a corridor and past a heavy metal door. And you end up in this fairly scary looking room that looks like a place that they would interrogate people or something like that. And there is an old metal chair sitting in the center of it. And, uh... <laughs> nice. Why don't you take a seat for me? I kind of... Malchus looks at the chair, and even though inside him his heart is beating slightly, he doesn't show it, and he just takes a seat in the chair. The man shuts the heavy metal door, uh and uh, walks over to uh, a stone in the wall and kind of uh, does something that you can't see uh, and then uh, pulls the stone out and uh, inside behind that stone there is some sort of other little wooden door uh, with strange things written on it Um, uh, and he looks at you and he says when I have exited the room open this door You will know when the test is over, and I will come and retrieve you. Yes. Very good. And if you really need help, you can scream. I mean, call for me. Uh, And uh, he uh, walks to the heavy vault-like door, gives you one last look that looks a little skeptical, and walks out and shuts it and you hear three clicks as three locks fall into place. Right. I stand and I look at this door. This tiny, it's almost like a cabinet. It's like a cabinet, okay. Look at the cabinet and I kind of walk over to it. My hand sort of hovers over it. My left hand to begin with. And then I take my right hand with the tattoo and I pull it open. And when you pull it open, there's uh, seemingly nothing inside except that suddenly you feel a tremendous emotional presence. Uh, but this the emotion is one of um, disappointment, shame. Uh, and it weighs down on you extremely heavily. And you can feel that it is, it's trying to kind of get inside of you. You recognize this as a spectral or ghostly presence, uh, but it's not, it's not immediately apparent to you. You're not seeing into the ghost field. You're just feeling it as it sort of, it sort of tries to kind of permeate your mind. Oh my God. Okay. I think I go, I kind of, I'm going to be taking a few steps back, but instead of going back, I kind of fall to the floor and sort of, you know, ground myself 
to the floor with on my knees and sort of kind of put my you know put my elbows there as well get into like a child's pose hand on head take it in come up you know uh, sort of like you know the way that like some muslims the way that they pray they go down on the you know they go down on their hands and knees and then they suddenly then they come up on their knees i think that's what i end up doing as a way of grounding myself as this goes on incredible i think that um as you uh as you bow in that in that manner the 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 presence weighs down so heavily on you it's like it's like someone has put a uh, you know, a Volkswagen Beetle on your back. It's like it's like you're uh, to use a more appropriate uh, world uh, analogy. It's like an, an entire carriage, but it's not physically weighing you down. It's emotionally weighing you down, and now you can feel the identity behind it, and it feels like a father figure. Um, oh my just god! Just kind of straining to get into your mind, and now is a great time to roll. Your lowest attribute, <laughs> which is what insight, insight. Uh, great. Uh, This—that's what you desperately need here—is insight into yourself and into whatever this presence is. Go ahead and give me an insight roll. Oh, <laughs> it's a five. Abu, you roll too well. I know. Overindulge. Can you resist? Uh, I, you know, I don't think you can resist a consequence from overindulging a vice. Although, uh, yeah, you can't because because resisting gains stress, and this is fundamentally an activity that re- removes stress. Removes stress. So, um, okay. So the good news is your stress meter is completely <laughs> cleared. The bad news is is that whatever this thing is gets inside your head. And Valkos, you said you were taking a childlike pose. Suddenly you are a child. You are yourself as a child. You're not some other identity. You're not some other ghost. Mm. You are you as a child in Severos. And your whatever father figure that Valkos yeah. had, uh, it was a rough life there. Um, yeah. it's, it's a quote-unquote barbaric land. And uh, not that Akaros isn't barbaric in its own way, but it is a life out of doors. It's a life uh, out in in the in the wilderness. And uh, you see, who is who was Valkos's father or father figure? I think it was. I think it was his uncle. His yeah, uncle, his uncle. Um, yeah, and his uncle ended up essentially uh, killing his father. It's that whole kind of Lion King kind of. Uh, you know, sort of thing. But this is where Scar actually was victorious, very victorious. And, uh. Uh, and you know, as um, as a kid, he would, uh, you know, he would sort of look at Balkos, and he was he's almost like this, like Kratos-looking fella, and he's like, "Foolish boy, <laughs> you are a disgrace to your people, a disgrace to the land in which you are from." You make me sick. And Valkos is like, Hey, I was only trying to help. Trying to be someone else. Trying to be strong. You are not strong. You are weak. Pitiful. Like your father. And suddenly, he just backhands me. And I can feel it. And this is essentially, he was an abusive, beating, horrible human being. Mr. Armand hears sobbing 
through the heavy metal door uh, a little while later. And uh, once he waits, till the, he waits till the sobbing dies down. Then you hear click, click, click. And he comes back into the room. And he looks down at you, where you are curled up in a fetal position, crying. And he says, Nope. You don't have control yet. You're not ready for the deeper secrets of the path. The path would like to ask you to not only keep the remnant quiet for a while but also that you not return here (gasps) until you have control I kind of am just there shaking shaking silent Valkos um, you have been cut off by the supplier of your uh, vice oh my god and um, I, I don't know. It's up to you, the player, but there's probably a little bit of a change in personality from this experience. Oh, totally. Um, the man, uh, Mr. Armand, walks over and ch- shuts the little cabinet uh, and puts the stone back in place and then escorts you out mm. of the lighthouse-type structure that acts as the headquarters of the Path of Echoes. I just sort of- <sighs> walk out again that experience still lingering in me I think I walk like five steps before just sitting on the sitting on the street curled up and here right outside the path of echoes uh, you can look out at the ocean and the ocean breaks against the rocks in a steady rhythm and it's an endless expanse of black waves with lights twinkling down below. And now we turn to Juliette Belrose. Juliette, last time Kron's Con took, I think, one downtime activity, then quit the entire crew. (laughs) Juliette's had some time off, so she has no stress. She's healed her harm, but she can take some downtime activities or she can simply free play, look into things that she's interested in looking into, what would Juliette Bellrose like to do? Now, with this uh, renewed faith in her, well, right now, small crew, um, she's going to work on those heartbeat rings. Right. So um, a while back, Juliette was uh, crafting uh, something. She was crafting heartbeat rings. Can you um, describe them to <clears throat> us again? Remind us what those those rings are? Yeah, they're supposed to be rings that kind of... uh, It was a set of three. Who knows where that third will go at this point. Um, But for each one that wears the ring, you know the sort of mental health, physical state of the other bears, basically. It it gives you their heart rate, right? Are they in danger? Are they safe? Um, Right. It's a little warning system for each other. Excellent. Um, and uh, it looks like you, you've already cleared a lot of the uh, pie pieces, the clock yeah. pieces, to get this done. So you could conceivably finish it. And this is also kind of a really symbolic act in the wake of what happened in the last episode mm-hmm. and the crew fragmenting and uh, kind of creating this thing that will unify them. Um, and the heartbeat rings are your own invention, right, Josephine? They're not in the book as a crafting item. Is that correct? No, they're not. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, I think that they definitely are not so game-breaking that we can't go ahead and say they work exactly like you just said they do. Um, uh, and uh, maybe occasionally an action roll will be necessary to sure. utilize the finer points of their empathic bond. But generally, they should give you an idea of where your fellow crew members are emotionally and physically. Let's look at long-term activities and find out just exactly how they work. I believe you use an action to work on them. And you fill a number of pie pieces based on your role. And uh, what action is Juliet going to use? Uh, Tinker. Tinker, that makes sense. And uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, just kind of explain what these things look like or what your process is, and then we'll have the roll. Yeah. Um, also, do we think that this invo- is this a spark craft feature or not? I'm just looking at my special abilities, artificer. But it's uh, what, when what I would invent- a spark craft feature give you? Uh, if I invent. Creation of Sparkcraft features, I get a plus one result level to my roll. I guess that doesn't, that shouldn't, does that change something? Is the result level? Yeah, you know what? Why don't we make it, why don't we make that yeah. uh, have have an effect here? Because it's interesting. And I think uh, since so many, since you were a former Spark, right? This definitely works under some sort of, I mean, definitely there's a connection between heart rates and electricity, right? So um, these are like cardiac rings, right? Yeah. So um, I think that we can definitely allow that. So why don't we go ahead and make this not only a long-term activity role, but let's also make it, let's make it risky for standard effect. Okay. And the way it's risky is if you fail this time, because you're getting very close to finishing mm-hmm. it, you destroy your work and have to start over. Oh my god! Okay, Ugh. okay. Um, and they look. Uh, they are. They are copper rings. They're very conductive, <laughs> and they have um, different color stones within them that glow to represent different states. And right now, on your workbench, on your work table, tiny little uh, threads of electrostatic are jumping, arcing between them. Are you ready to roll this? so, yeah, I know, I'm getting ready. I'm I'm doing the roll. Um, If I'm going to take plus one result to the roll, it's not a die, it'll just be... It'll be, instead of a standard effect, it will be a great effect. Or rather, maybe more pie pieces will get filled. Since this is a downtime activity role, wait. What is plus one result level to your role? It's not going to change my result by plus one. R- okay. Yes, that sounds the, right. Actually, isn't that you're, what that means? Yes, it did. It is. Okay, yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, but essentially, still the same thing. Meaning more pie pieces yes, will be yes, filled. Yes. 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 Okay. Risky standard. Here we go. Here we go. Oh my god. Oh my god. A critical. That's a critical. A critical means five segments are filled, meaning the rest of the the rest of it is filled. And uh inspired by Valkos in those that last meeting. Uh the rings are complete. Um and uh they sit on your workbench glowing with like a, a pulse. Uh, and when you put one onto your finger, you feel that it's perfectly matching your heartbeat, 
But as you look at the three rings, you realize you're not sure what the third one, where the third one with the green stone is going to go. Mm-hmm. And with that in mind, let us turn to someone who uh, has a very strong uh, connection to the crew in more ways than one. Where is Ekaprag Wodi, also known as now Ekphilia? <laughs> Ekphilia. <laughs> That might no. be just our name and the, our our player name for uh, <laughs> the uh, the gestalt being that is Ekaprag and Julia. Uh, I'm sorry, Ophelia. <laughs> yeah, good question. Does um does Juliet seek them out? Mm. Or, or are you look? Are you going to see? Because we're talking about a, a pretty long span of time passing here while we're yes. remaining quiet. Is, have you dropped by in a, in a while? It's, I think what? so. And, and and they were at Ekaprag's home. Was that correct? Or was it? Yeah. yeah. Yes, last time. Last time yeah, that you so, went to see your, your, your love, Ophelia. No, yeah. Julia does still stop by, um, depending on, I think, some, some of those times are tumultuous. Like in the past month has passed. You know, there's less, sometimes less more. Than, yeah. Yeah, sometimes more Ophelia, less Ophelia, and has sort of, I'm sure, witnessed that hold. And, and there's some guilt that keeps playing, and, and I think Juliet's still very conflicted, but comes out of, like, obligation mm-hmm. still. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think she, uh, she's she got... The rings are in her pocket, and she's not quite sure what, what she's going to do with them, um, but she is here at the door knocking once more on your on your final knock the door just opens up into the little uh, garret apartment of Ekaprag Wodi uh, Ekaprag Ophelia there are posters on the wall for different carnivals and stage shows and here in the dim light clowns smile at you and acrobats glare at you yeah piero um like a little sort of like commedia dell'arte uh engravings um there's a there's a makeup table with a big round uh mirrored vanity um and you walk in and shut the door and you hear nothing and suddenly you just feel presence behind you. There's my little dolly bird. Oh. Uh. Hello. Uh. How are you feeling today? Oh, is it day, darling? Yes. Uh, it's been a while since you came round I to see old Ekaprag. Been busy. I, yes, I've been busy. I'm sorry, Ekaprag. Uh, but I'm happy to hear you are yourself. Yes. Myself. Yes, about that. Uh, 
Am I doing well, darling? Am I passing? Am I yes. passing, darling? Am I passing? Passing, Ye- yes. I've yes, been yes, listening yes, to I... his inane voice for so, so long that it's uh, it's becoming easier to put on and put off as I see fit. Ophelia? Oh, my God. Yes, dear. This is you? This is... Wait, where? I... Where is Ekebrag? Where is Ekebrag? Well, he's here, dear. He's here, love. And nowhere. It's, um... It's the most glorious thing as time passed, and I felt myself pushing against him. One night, it was as though I just pushed him out. And she reaches onto the wall, and there's like a little marionette dangling... Uh, there's a few like little little poppets and marionettes dangling on in Ekaprag's collection, and so now if you hear Ekaprag, just know that there's someone else pulling the strings, my darling little Palomi. <laughs> <laughs> and like the little puppet takes a bow. <laughs> so now we can get busy, yeah, love. Now we can get busy. Yes, um, yes, it really takes some getting used to, but it's you. You you are in control completely. Juliet, I've never felt better. Oh, my God. Perhaps for a moment, Ekaprag, Ophelia's face, uh, is lit by the light of electroplasmic lights from outside the apartment. Perhaps even in in Ekaprag's apartment, there is like a flashing neon type sign Mm -hmm. outside. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, An uh, electro, an electroplasmic neon pulsing. (laughs) Yes. And uh, the face is lit for a moment. Does Juliet detect any change? Mm. Um, Yes. You're seeing... You're seeing the, it's the face of Ekaprag Wodi, the body of Ekaprag Wodi, the same small and sinewy uh, frame, but there's like an uncanny intensity in the gaze and a ashen, deathly pallor. And you can tell that there's stage makeup on Ekaprag Wodi's oh. face. And as, and as, like, turns in the light, there's a patch at the neck that hasn't been covered yet. And see, as Ekoprag turns to look at it, look at uh, himself in the mirror, you see the neck, and there's just, like, a, a blue and decrepit vein on the back of the neck, and you realize that you are looking at a corpse. As the face, like, turns around. It's like, never felt better. Never better. Oh, my, my darling, uh, let me take a look at you, and, and she touches their face. And, Ice cold. And is cold. 
And the face draws close, and it's like, oh, you feel so warm. And the face, like, comes up against yours and, like, gives you a kiss on the cheek. And now, perhaps, you are aware that, like, in a way that Ophelia may never did, like, that Ekapreg's face is lingering over your cheek and your neck and... And... And, and it's, it's not, this is not lust, this is not love, this is hunger. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Ophelia? Yes. What's, what's happening to you? It's not what's happening, it's what's happened. Enough time, time was all it took, time was all it took. And now he's gone, he's... Not so much gone as he's me, and I'm him. <laughs> Only, I, I, I don't know. I must thank your, your peculiar friend for putting me inside. Although now, now that I've really, really luxuriated in here, I don't, I don't think I can leave. <laughs> uh, your, your body, it is ice cold. Feels like death. Well, I suppose something had to go so that I could really take up residence here, so to speak. You needn't look so afraid, I... Juliet. It's this. It's me. And the best part is now, now, now that we've taken all this damned time for me to get my strength back and I'm telling you I feel stronger than I ever have before now now Una can finally pay for what she did to me and we can be together and we can assume our rightful place and finally have some proper justice and some vengeance Juliet goes in and to the vanity table and sort of picks up some of the makeup and walks over to Ophelia where she missed on her neck and helps cover it up. Yes. We will get our justice together, my love. That I promise you. And Where are all these crews fucked up, man? <laughs> yes, this crew is. Yeah, we lost Blades the fucked the up members dark. and gained the two. Yeah, and, and we still are so messed up. Um, <laughs> I I think that that uh, has established that uh, we'll call we'll call this being Ekaprag has uh, rejoined the crew, and oh uh, now I would like to know if Ekaprag uh, has been busy or would like to get busy uh, with any sort of downtime activity or free play activity. Uh, yes. During these months that pass, because Ekaprag with Ophelia in charge has a project, <laughs> and that is to undermine, humiliate, utterly destroy the woman that they believe is responsible for their death. Yes, uh, that's Una Faros. Una, Una Faros, the head of the Sparkrites Guild, or a very right. high-ranking member of the Sparkrites Guild. Mm-hmm. 
So um, I do see that there is a long-term project here. Destroy Una Pharaoh's rep. <laughs> um, so uh, Ekaprag could work on that. Well, when or... last we saw Ekaprag working on that, Ekaprag was trying to get close to Una yes, in a, in a oh, sort yeah. of seductive capacity. How, wow. how's, that, how's that been proceeding? <laughs> well, uh, you've got two clock pieces out of uh, a pretty large clock. I think there's at least 12 pieces here, maybe 16. So um, you have only made contact. Okay. Um, well, great. Let's continue. Let's continue. Okay. Uh, so is it's a continued attempt to get close to this woman. With the ultimate goal of... of destroying her. Destroying her. I'm getting close to learn. I mean, this is... I want to learn everything about her. I want to learn her habits, her schedule, her desires, her <laughs> embarrassments, her secrets, her Achilles heels, her loves, her hates. Very good. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's, let's let the role go first this right. time. So... Um, what action are you using uh, to uh, carry out this vendetta? Um, well, since I'm trying to get close to her at this early stage, sway. Sway. Okay, very good. Uh, you know that Una mostly um, is uh, present in Charter Hall, where the university is, because she is a lecturer. But she also often visits the facilities in Coleridge, where the Sparkrites have a lot of experimental... Um, you know, laboratories and uh, industrial zones where they work on their lightning towers and maintenance them. Where would you like to kind of follow her this time? Are you going to follow her in the uh, marble halls of Charter Hall, or are you going to kind of see her at work in the experimental zones in Coleridge? Um, or are you going to catch her at home, or in some other way I haven't envisioned? That's, that's great to know that to know that she's in those places. But for the purposes of of this particular tactic, I'd like to catch her in a more intimate setting. So this would maybe be off the clock. Um, very good. Well, she works like, very late hours. So um, well, luckily, um, so do I. Right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so um, you know uh, the 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 bell uh, for uh, midnight has rung when. Uh, Una Faros uh, is moving to a, a coach right outside of uh, a facility in Coleridge where she has been working uh, late into the night. Um, she has, let's see if she has anybody with her, maybe assistance. Uh, and we'll do that with a fortune roll. If she rolls a four, five, or six, she has someone with her. She rolled a two. She's alone. She's been working oh. there alone very late into the night. Um, this particular building looks like it used to be an old uh, an old structure that belonged to the fire brigade. But she's been doing something inside there uh, all night. Uh, and now she is moving to a coach that has been waiting for her. Um, great. Let's roll the dice great, uh, let's do it. Uh, and see how it goes. And that'll, that'll tell let's us. Wait. Yeah. Uh, a success a six all right so this goes we know this goes well for ekaprag but what do they do what do they do going to a coach um is this a personal 
coach or a hire or just a hired for the night, like Hala Hala Handsome. And this is like Hala Handsome. Um, great. I uh, I'm already in there when she gets in. Oh, <laughs> um, oh my god! Good evening. I'm terribly sorry. I I didn't think that the driver was making more than one stop, but I I'm happy to share. Yes, well, uh, um, uh, where are you headed? Well, I... In the name of the place where she's headed? Um, she makes her uh, home in Charter Hall as well. Well, I was going to Charter Hall. I suppose that if that's out of your way, I'll, I'll, I'll no, 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 give that, you the... Uh, that'll be fine. Um, driver, um, can we also make a stop at the... Uh, Charter Hall, and she gives her uh, address information, and then uh, the whole time she's unable to break eye contact with you. Oh, must be must be incredibly important. What you're working on? Have you maintaining such late hours? I can tell you're a very diligent person. Yes. Well. Um. As a matter of fact, it is quite important. I am involved with uh, work that uh, safeguards the city. Of course, you must be one of the. You must be one of the guildsmen, keeping our city safe from encroachment from those horrid spirits. Well, it's um, it's more than just spirits. There are many different threats uh, that we have cataloged and detected uh, that seek to prey upon the people of this city. And Duskfall thanks you. It I must don't do be, it for the thanks. I'm sure it's, it's its own reward, but... Well, I see our world as an ecosystem, hmm. and unfortunately... There are certain organisms that unbalance it. Um, uh, I see them as viruses, parasites. And I understand why you're so ruthless in the pursuit of your ends. I don't know that I am ruthless. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, but if if our society is an organism, I wonder... And Duskfall can, I suppose, be thought of as a body politic. What of the body of yourself? Uh, do you take me, time sir? to? Do you take time? Pardon to, me, sir. My do body. T- do you take the time? I think this ride to is care cool. for yourself. She can't break eye contact with you. I don't yes, I take untoward. care of myself. I'm just saying that well, someone you are being with very s- intimate with me. With if you are being, excuse me, you are being, <laughs> uh, you are being very intimate with me, sir. Very intimate, and she doesn't make, she doesn't move away from you. Yes, I suppose I am. Well, I'm terribly sorry. As I, as I said, I'm happy to leave anytime you wish. I'm simply wondering if someone with as many cares and burdens and responsibilities as yourself practices any care for themselves. 
sets their burden down from time to time. It's a very heavy burden. I'm sure it is. Few people could carry it. I'm sure there are those that would take it up from time to time if they knew someone as important as yourself could be relieved. You'll forgive me, sir. I I have not gotten your name. My name is Ekaprag Wodi. Well, um, I'm afraid that um, my talents do not lie toward innuendo, but uh, if there were someone who wished to relieve my burden, they could contact me here. And she hands you a business card. Damn. <laughs> then let us speak in innuendos no longer. And you this will is, receive a, you'll receive a call. This is my stop. Yes, indeed it is. This has been interesting, Mr. Wody. Very interesting. Oh, I've taken a great interest. She gets out of the carriage and walks up uh, uh, stone steps toward what look like, you know, quite lavish apartments. And, um... And, uh... Ekapreg, uh... uh is, like, is thump flipping the card in his uh, fingers and, like, spirits it into the jacket. Still has his, like, dexterous digits. He's like, driver, would you, uh... My stop is just ahead. Would you mind pulling into that alley? As, uh... Ekaprag leans forward to the driver and, like, you must have had a terribly difficult day at work. Driving all over the city. Um. No, sir. Uh, it's my job. I do it uh, with pleasure, sir. I hope you've had a comfortable ride, sir. Extremely comfortable. And it's always lovely to meet somebody who, for whom labor is a pleasure. And us fall pleasure is in rather short supply. And we take it where we can. Sir? And Ekaprag is gonna go for it. Sir! Oh, <laughs> ah! um, so, I think that um, uh, if the audience hasn't already gotten to it, Yeah, go Ekaprag, for it. According, according to the rules, uh, Ekaprag, by being bonded with a, uh, a spirit as long as he has been, has become a vampire. And uh, as a vampire, he must feed on the living. Now, currently, the Ekaprag vampire has no stress, has no harm. Uh, so uh. you would be indulging a vice by feeding, uh, possibly, that hmm. you don't need to indulge. Or we can yeah. just kind of do this. Uh, well, this, this I, was just for fun. Yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> I agree. I, I, I 100% agree. Um, so I'm just letting people know that, yes, I know the rules, I'm, but this not, is for fun. I still want, first of all, let me make sure I click three segments on the destroy Unaferos's rep because you have earned that. Great. Um, okay. I think we got it. Oh, oh no, I, it should be five altogether. 
<laughs> my girlfriend's a vampire. <laughs> New show fellas, this fall. Fellas, <laughs> your girlfriend ever a vampire? Yeah. Um, uh. And uh, let's uh, let's also um, let's also have an action roll about this feeding just to see how it goes. Yeah, yeah that sounds fair. Like. Yeah, I, I don't mean, think that you're in dire danger no matter what. Like, uh, but I just want to see kind of how it goes. So, since, what since action kinda, would you use? I guess I was kind of sidling up on this guy. So let's do finesse. Okay, very <laughs> good. And uh, uh, you carefully extricate blood from him using or, your or dexterity. Life yeah. Yes, life essence. So, and, and you can actually characterize it that way. Perhaps it's not blood. It's Perhaps not it biting. is. Yeah, or maybe. Um, uh, yeah, it's not a traditional vam- vampo. Okay, I got a four was my highest one. A four means success with some sort of consequence. And Did you I say think- vampo? Yeah, he's a he's guy's some kind of vampo. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, that the consequence is this. Uh, success means you you feed on him, he passes out, you get away scot-free. There's no kind of complication with him. Uh, in terms of notice or danger to your person. The complication is that you're you're kind of toying with your new your new body, your new powers, and that little taste you just took just makes you want more. Sure. Oh. Oh. Um, and I think Ekaprag feeds it's not like a vampire like he has fangs and bites you. I think he kisses you and then and then just a essential suction kind of takes place. Yes. Wow. Your vital um, essence. Um, Ooh, it's hey. like kissing a vacuum. Like a like a <laughs> vacuum in space. And you're like... <gasps> kind of. Yeah. Uh, so I, I want more? Of course I do. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. And uh, I'll, I'll try to remind you if you forget. But you definitely want more as soon as you can possibly get it. Great. And now let us turn... Uh, to Valkos. Valkos, have you taken both of your downtime activities? Yes, you have. Um, yeah, I have. I, I, I de-stressed and then de-stressed some more. And that's where we are left. Well, I can tell you that, it, it, you know, the, the, the time you promised that you would take off, it, it, time has passed now. Um, and you can kind of tell me if you want something that kind of went on while you were kind of relaxing and staying out of the game for a little while. Or you can tell me what you do now that the time has elapsed. Um, but it's sort of yeah. a free play activity. What, what, would, what would his next goal be? I think after that whole overindulgence, I think he, you know, he would have stared at the sea. I think actually... I think he would have... He, he's... I think he's just been at the grotto. Just almost in his own space almost meditating and I kind of think that there is you know it's it's he's he's battling his own demons and he's chosen to battle his own demons within the grotto um in a space that is protected that is you know kind of almost like just just there um ha- has he been um disciplined or tidy in how he is behaving or does he seem like someone in a, in a depression no or? I think I think he has been disciplined and Heidi. I think there is the, that that kind of shift. I think that has definitely that that event has shifted something in him. Um, kind of trying to go cold turkey a little bit yeah. or take a break. Yeah, yeah. 
No, I think that's training. And he's almost become obsessed. I think that's the thing. He's now he's almost leaning into his trauma. As all and like his, you know, that that in the sense of like it's it's become an obsession of being of being in control. Um, and that's kind of where he's at. And I think it's it's a very it's a weird space. It's, There's it's, another it's, aspect of this Valkos, which is that whenever you try to leave the grotto, sometimes as you look out at the streets. The shadows seem to move for a minute out of the corner of your eye, and you constantly have this uneasy feeling of tendrils of black ooze reaching out (laughs) toward you. But when you turn around, there's nothing there. So is it completely psychological, or is the builder watching you, waiting to take you back into its embrace? Yeah, I just stay in the grotto, man. I think I'm staying in the grotto. <laughs> so it probably like, falls to your crewmates to kind of make sure that you um, maybe get some food. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and so I would like to perhaps set a scene, if it's okay, between Juliet and uh, Valkos. And uh, I, at least I know yeah. that Juliet has something to give Valkos, right? Yeah, Juliet was going to head back to the grotto anyway after the... Uh, like, after seeing... Uh, Ophelia, Ekaprag, them. The that last encounter was going to walk straight back to the grotto. Open the door, close the door, and like lean against it. Did you see Valkus at the door, just standing? Because he, would, you know, he shot up when he heard some movement, and then he sees you, and he just stares. Marcos, are you okay? (laughs) He just stares at you. Juliette reaches into her her pocket. Marcos flinches a bit backwards. It's okay. It's okay. Actually, she she sort of puts it back in her pocket. And says, hey, "Are you alright? You look worn. Have you have you eaten?" Of course. And as oh, I like oh. exhale, you can you smell the breath of someone who's been fasting for so long, and it's really putrid. Let's sit down, and she sort of like softly puts a hand on his back and sort of leads him to the table to sit let me make something and sort of takes the time to we have mushrooms we still just have fucking mushrooms don't we well there's there's also uh, types of algae (laughs) (laughs) makes a lovely little mushroom algae soup Perhaps you if know. you splurged a little bit, there there might be uh, some meat, but uh, that meat would come from insects like grubs, or maybe uh, if you're really having a night out of fine dining, maybe a rat. You know what? They grow them big in Duskfall. <laughs> no, we're going to start with soup, because if he hasn't eaten in weeks, soup is probably the best place to start before just like... Here, eat real food. Yeah, right. (laughs) 
So, she, but she takes the time to make it and sort of, you know, tries to make it as delicious as she can and sits down and. You must eat, Valkos. You must take care of yourself. What's happening? I kind of stare at the food, and as I, my hand goes to reach it, you can see me shaking. But as I, I'm able to pick it up and just slowly sip and be like, as soon as I do, I just sort of. I've seen too many ghosts. I feel I've I just collapse. Oh, and she she holds him. you and me now, okay? You're not alone in this. I... Wait, okay. Now she t- she takes out the rings and she puts hers on and it sort of like electrifies a bit and then she takes the other and takes his hand and slips it on his finger. Instantly you can feel his heartbeat. You can feel mm-hmm. his heartbeat and it uh, slowly... Uh, becomes in sync with your own. Do you feel that? I feel you. Yes. We are connected now. We will struggle and also achieve and, 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 and succeed together. Yes. You're not alone, my dear friend. And she she just caresses him and just holds him tight and then, you know, encourages him to eat some yeah. more. And I kind of, yeah, and I, I take it and I start eating more and I start feeling a bit stronger. Just a bit, just a touch. Especially with the heartbeat. That that helps. And I'm like... Yes. Yes. And w- with the image of Juliet feeding Valco's oh. soup, we will take it's a so short sweet. break. Uh, we'll take a short break. We'll be right back with more Haunted City on the Glass Cannon Network. Ugh. Welcome back. You're watching Haunted City on the Glass Cannon Network, or maybe you're listening to it. Uh, we are in the middle of an epic downtime. Um, I believe all of the downtime activities have been expended. No, I, I believe Juliette Bell Rose has one oh. more. Um, could we have that have been a training session for my like study and the study of those around me? Um, interesting. Like so, insight, rather. Well, I think that 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 could have just been a scene that you had, and and if you want to do something else to uh, train study, you could. But are you saying you're specifically trying to learn how to study people? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, basically, you know, just sort of in in that spending time with with Valkos and. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. That makes total sense to me. Okay, so um, you're going to train, uh, and that means you mark uh, one XP in your... Um... I think so, yeah, it's just a small, I think. Right, yeah. um, because as shadows, you get extra if you're uh, prowling or something like that, but you don't get extra in study. So, yeah, um, yeah but um, that's great. So mark one XP in your, uh, let's see... Insight, the, yeah. the insight attribute. Thank yeah. you. Yes, um, and and you have done that, 
And now I, I believe you know enough time has passed that um, that the the crew can start looking for their next job. But maybe Ekaprag, have you 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 get an extra downtime activity as well? You haven't done two yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you can of course continue to work on that same long term project, or perhaps Ekaprag has something else in mind. Um, yeah, Ekaprag's sated, although he's insatiable. He's going. Um, perhaps. Um, he's been attempting to get close to Unaferos, so perhaps they could try to learn more in other ways. So, um, learn about her background. So, I guess this would be more of a maybe more of a survey or a study to try to like. Um, go to the university. Look up, um, look up uh, dis- her dissertation. Look up, like interview acquaintances. Look, look up anything having to do with her. It's the kind of legwork that a detective might do to try to create a profile or something. Great. This feels like a gather information. So um, we won't call it a downtime activity yet, but it's something that can definitely happen during downtime. And you can use whichever of those actions you like. Survey or study both work. Um, you can also uh, pick something else, some other kind of uh, tactic if you prefer. Okay. Um. Oh, yeah. Um, it might be uh, more their line to, like, interview people. Um, so... Uh, Let's do a consort, actually, to, to meet a meet another Sparkrite or someone who mm. maybe came up with Una and get some gossip. Very good. Um, I think that, uh, you know, hanging out at, like, busy, like, professional uh, taverns in Charter Hall that are frequented by people who belong to the guilds and people who belong to the Ministry of Preservation and the different... Uh, city council, um, you know, uh, all of that administration, all of those white collar workers, you're hanging out in taverns that cater to them uh, in Charter Hall. And uh, go ahead and roll that. Let's see how it goes. Here we go. Come on. What happened? I'm sorry. Okay. No, it's okay. Is it working? Yes. There we go. There five. A five. Um, so that means you get some good information. Uh, maybe not as much as you would have gotten with a six, but you get some good information. And the word on everybody's lips regarding Una Faros is that despite the disaster of her new technology uh, months and months ago, remember when she had the new <laughs> weaponized oh, lightning yeah. towers? Despite <laughs> the fact that that, uh, that um, demonstration went awry, she has been given a new contract from the city council to the spark rights worth a lot of money and it has something to do with developing a brand new technology and no one knows what it is because it's very secret but the spark rights are doing very well with una in charge uh, and they have landed some kind of new deal with the city council uh, to uh, tax money is going into developing this new technology that she has developed. Uh, she's, this, this lady's bulletproof. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
She's got a big new government contract. Okay. Um, uh, interesting, but we don't know, but no specifics about what that entails, other than that it's a new technology. That's right. Uh, and uh, with your five, could I give you more? Let me think. Um, oh, um, uh, whatever it actually, is, whatever it is. Oh, go ahead. Let's say, let's say, uh, um, I'm I'm talking to a a drunken Sparkrite apprentice about this in some mm-hmm. bar or something. Yeah. And um. And I maybe if I get the sense that I'm, they're not telling me everything they know, maybe getting into what sort of things that uh, Ekphelia can do. I'm listening to their words and listening deeper. You wouldn't happen to know what precisely it is she's after, would you? Hi. <laughs> I can't divulge technical details. Everything is very proprietary, proprietary, so I can't, I can't tell you. Uh, besides, I've only worked on some small components, and uh, I don't have access to the entire blueprint. But I, I, I can tell you that the railjacks are pretty upset about it. Railjacks are upset. Okay, so there's that, but I'm also going to spend a stress during downtime to um, use a trait of mine, and I am listening between the words of this apprentice. Oh. And my listening pierces the words, and I can hear their thoughts. <laughs> Oh my god. I didn't you have the ability to telepathically read someone's mind? Arcane sight. Take one stress to sense beyond human limits. Hear a subject's true thoughts or feelings. See in pitch darkness. Sense the presence of invisible things. Intuit the locations of hidden objects, etc. So um the apprentice uh Horace Dexter is the apprentice's name. Oris Dexter is thinking about a uh, old firehouse in Coleridge. Oris Dexter is thinking about uh, the uh, part of the component that he worked on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Oris Dexter is thinking about um, a enormous uh, safe-type device that holds ghosts. Oh. Mm-hmm. A ghost prison. Uh. Oh boy. <gasps> Excellent. Um Okay. Well, of course, of course, you can't tell anyone you meet anything about what um what goes on amongst the guild, professional secrets and all that. All professions are a conspiracy, a conspiracy against the laity. The poet says, "You're looking a bit, you're looking a bit knackered, Oris. Can I offer you an arm and a walk home?" <laughs> um, uh, 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 thank you, uh, but I, uh, my interests lie elsewhere. 
Of course. Of course. And right now, they lie. And in another round. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. I too feeling rather thirsty. Oh my god. This, are we this gonna. Is, do I this? don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't I also know. like that uh, Ross uh, played 68 episodes of Vampire with me on the stream of blood, and we found a way to play Vampire here in our yeah, Blades yeah. in the Dark game. Yeah. But that vampire was a reluctant vampire. This this one's into it. <laughs> yes, into it. exactly. It's it. completely different. And now for something completely different. Um, so, uh, uh, that's a lead. Um, okay, cool. And you can continue to looking into other leads, or just... I mean, follow any goals or threads your character has right now. That's what this time is for. Um, Um, And we can start developing the score as we do that. Um, It sounds like Juliette Belrose might have an action in mind, uh, uh, an activity in mind. Not an action, but I think that there has to be at least a small dialogue with Valkos about... um, Ekaprag is not okay. Ophelia has completely taken over. Their body is 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 ice cold to the touch. She is body is dead. Would Valkos know about this? Seeming as he dabbles oh. a lot with ghosts and is aware of the dangers that he dabbles in. So, oh. a very interesting question. Let's say answer two things, just to be clear for the audience. Uh, Valkos definitely knows that Ekaprag absorbed Ophelia's soul, because he was there when all of that happened. Mm. Now, Valkos, should we make a roll for him to see how deeply he has delved into how the um, metaphysics of all this works? Sure. What yeah, that action... must have happened out in... Uh... Where, yeah. where Valkos is from, Severus. Right? Severus, right? Maybe. I mean, we know, I, I believe still- it's been established, and Abu, you can correct me if I'm wrong. It's been established that in Severus, they, they control the ghosts with a firm yeah. hand, mm. and part of the reason why Valkos was uh, disgraced, exiled, was because he, That's you right. know, he likes to let That's the ghosts right. ride him. Ride him, yeah. So, uh... So, Valkos, what action will you use to see what you know about the process of creating a vampire? I reckon a tune. That makes sense. Um, You can go ahead and roll that when you are ready. Mm. And uh, it's controlled for standard. It's not that those things really matter right now. It's almost like an information gathering roll. And could I? I can't push myself, can I? No, because we're not in score. uh, In in a score. I mean... Do you really want to? I yeah, you know what? I'm going to allow it. If I if was you- to push myself, I think it would be in the sense of like, I'd be relaying a feeling of what it was like to be possessed. Right. Try to almost come into the feeling of like, you know, it's almost like I'm going to put myself in his shoes. Be empathetic in a way, because I've been there where the ghost has possessed me and taken over me and that kind of thing. And I think that's where I'm trying, that's where I'm tapping into almost. Um, yeah, I love it. Um, yeah. I love it. I just don't know. I mean, can you take more stress right now? I can. I've got no stress. Oh, that's right. You cleared it. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> cool. 
Four and three. Four and a three. So um, we're going to go ahead and, and play it like an action roll. It's a success with a consequence. So you know everything about how if a how the spirits try to bond with you, how they try to stay, uh, stay way past their welcome, outlive their welcome, or outdead their welcome, and how... Uh, you know from your studies and from your time in Severos and with the Path of Echoes that that creates a vampire. And uh, I think that the consequence that you you suffer from this knowledge because you know how close you've come to becoming one of the living dead. Yeah. So I, yeah. I think that you are... I think that you are really, really um, upset by this somehow. So I think, like, I... So I, I sort of look to Juliet. I'm like... That isn't Ophelia. And neither is it like a brag. What you were... Conversing with... Was a monster. A monster that... My people... Fear. And one that you should fear too. I am scared. That's what I'm trying to tell you. And and they're going to come here. They're they're embroiled in all of our issues. They, they still want what Ophelia wanted, but so urgently. Yes. I just Constant I wanted to prepare you as well. Hunger. This need. This. This loss of. Of control. This loss of. And you can, as as you can feel, my heart is like really huh. beating, and it's like really feeling uncomfortable. This. This feeling of. Oh yeah, it's matched in anxiety. <laughs> if no one objects, I think this would be a great moment. For Ekaprag Wodi to walk through. What's a monster, love? <laughs> and uh, vo- like you just hear like the subtle, soft steps. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Here's Ekaprag. Realizing he's been far too demanding. Do this. Do that. Hasn't offered anything in return I want to let both of you know that I am here to help you and I know that I can count on you to help me hmm? yes of course Yes. Yes. And if I even heard that, I think, and I might walk up to you, Valkos. And if you're worried about any tastes that I've developed of late, I promise you, you have nothing to fear. I promise. Not and try and break eye contact or look away in some shape or form. 
Now, what's that pretty little bijou? As I'm looking at one of the rings. Well, yeah, so both there's one on each of our hands, but the other one is tucked away in our pocket. Comforts and remembrances. Bond of friendship and all that. Yes, yes, just a... A sign of our friendship. We've been through a lot. Um, this is so sad. I think that Ekaprag <laughs> knows there's a third ring and he's mm-hmm. not being offered it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, keep in mind, this is Juliet's lover. I know. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Well, I'm glad to see that you've drawn so close. <sighs> oh, you know, we, we, we watch each other's backs. Is all. We are a crew. As you are as well. Oh, I am. That's wonderful to hear. Are you not? It's just lovely to hear you say it. Of course, yes. Because I too will watch your backs. And I trust you to watch mine. Of course. Um, and, and Juliet kind of like turns to sort of like act like she's busying herself, like maybe putting some stuff in the, um, speaking of our crew, um, yes, uh, a little less crowded in here than the last time I came down the grotto. It's true. Some have gone their own ways, um, different ambitions, it seems. Um, talk, 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 talk. Are you expecting someone? <laughs> sort of. Is that sort of? <laughs> sort of. And I kind of walk, I kind of, a bit of energy comes to, and I'm like, man, you're alive. You're still here. <laughs> of course I'm alive. Takes more than, uh, more than anyone's got to take down Sawtooth. Come in, come in. It's, um... Yes. I've been, uh, I've been, uh, keeping my ear to the ground like you always told me to, Valcoast, right? We help each other out. Is that correct? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Well, I happen to know a, a hawker that provides fits with, um, <gasps> some, uh, psych, uh, psych drugs. Really? Fitz took a big supply with him when he left Duskfall. Mm. Would this... And I know where he went. No. Uh-huh. Oh, he owes us money. He owes the crew. I thought there might be something like that going on. Uh, if he uh, left town in a hurry, and he must have left in a hurry based on the uh, what he took with him. Then, um... <coughs> where did he go? Imperial City. Right. The home of the immortal emperor. You ever been there? Right. No. <laughs> yeah. They don't let everybody in. 
who will they let in? Immortals. <laughs> uh, there's only one immortal emperor, Val- Valkos. But, uh, yeah, I mean, oh he must he must know someone who lives there. As they, they don't let anybody in through the gates. Then perhaps we should find a way of getting in. Perhaps, yes. It's time to pay Fitz a visit. I just thought you'd like to know where he went. No, it was very helpful. And while so, I'm here, does anybody need, like, you know, uh, something uh, bandaged up or a little <laughs> bit of salve? I brought salve a, with me. There's, there is something, actually, I need to, uh, to discuss with you, if you could follow me. Oh, a private problem. Yeah, I'm well acquainted with these types of maladies. Listen, I have a salve especially for this kind of thing. But if I were you, I would recommend stopping the visits to night market, if you get my meaning. Shut up and follow me. All right, all right, all right. And and I hope that it's like when they exit, there's just like this awkward like silence in the room between like Ekaprag and Ophelia, uh, and and Juliet. So this Fitz character has run off without paying. Yes, yes. Uh, well, not me. I was away for this job. Um, Valkos and. Well, really, it's just Valkos that's still here that's owed money. It's owed to the remnant, that's what matters. Well, if there's any aid that I can offer, I'm at your service, darling. I think we both know how much I respect a proper settling of accounts. Yes, yes, of course. We'll do this together, my dear. (laughs) What did you want to talk about, Valkos? I need you to be discreet. When am I not? (laughs) Look, Sawtooth, I don't have long. I need you to find something out for me. Okay. He picks his nose. How much do you know about vampires? What? Yes. Vampires. Have you heard of them before? Do you know much about them? Yeah, I've heard the myths, sure. Well, they're not a myth. And what I need you to do is uncover how to kill one. Here. Two gold pieces. Go, find as much as you can, and report back to me, and only me. And as I said, Sawtooth Beast discreet. Please. Look, I mean, I can access some of the university archives. Uh, you know, they know me over there. But if I start getting into the restricted sections, some of the forbidden books, uh, people are going to notice. And that's why I've given you two gold pieces. Well, I'm saying maybe creative. it's worth a little more to you is what I'm saying. You know, uh, to be discreet. Sort of. <laughs> and I kind of something inside me sort of yeah. quite likes it and I kind of put my <laughs> hand and caress his cheek you know I always wonder 
Sawtooth. What a fascinating name. My finger finds its way into his mouth. Ah, hey! Hey! I thought maybe you had sharp teeth, but actually, what do you all need? They're quite dull, quite broken, quite rotten. Get like out of the Ow! Ow! Do think that you can get more money out of a desperate friend. Nah, nah, I was, I, I, I this will do, actually. I think this is a plenty of money, in fact, to, to, in terms of what I need. So thank you, and, and thank you for this opportunity. I let go, and I'm like, <laughs> and I slap his cheek and wipe the saliva on his chest. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, by the way, your fingers, there's like a thick brown mucus on them. Oh. Great. And I like, I'm wiping it away, and I'm like, thank oh. you very much. <laughs> Sawtooth, I knew he, I could trust him, a friend like you. He pockets the coin uh, and says, uh, I'll be in touch. Uh, and he walks out to where Ekaprag and Juliet are standing, and he's like, Good to see you all. Remember, my services are available. Good day, Sawtooth. And good day to you, Miss Bellrose. And you, um, and you. Uh, and <laughs> he walks out of the grotto. So is that two coin from the crew sheet? No, no. Coin personal. is actually a, uh, a a symbolic term. Um, it, I, I could charge you one coin right now, but okay. I think I'm not even going to do that. He is your oh, friend. Okay. So uh, that was more okay. for the, uh, nice. the flavor of the whole thing. Great. Um, so... so- you have two potential scores standing in front of you. Uh, one is, uh, you know, to delve deeper into whatever Una Faros is doing. The other is to track down this guy who didn't pay you, uh, and he's in the Imperial City. The Path of Echoes told you to lay low for a while. Going out of town would definitely fit oh, yeah. that definition. So the Imperial uh, City is like... Can you tell us more about it's like a like, train right away? It's that... like a long train right away because oh, okay. uh, in this continent uh, that Akaro, uh, in Akaros, there are several different cities, uh, oh. and the Imperial City is one of them. Oh, I but see. But was... you would have to take a train from White Hollow to uh, Elysia and then on to the Imperial City. We're going on vacation. Oh, oh, <clears throat> oh that uh, sounds and- fun. Yeah, uh, is that is that sort of what you're deciding to do? I think so. Incredible. We gotta get that money. You yeah. gotta get that money. Your, your your crew does sort of need some money if you eventually want to go up to tier two. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, and we can lay low and let the heat die down, perhaps. And and as far as the project with uh, Unifero's absence makes the heart grow fonder, maybe <laughs> the absence true. of Eka Prague, um, she'll just wonder who that mysterious stranger is that keeps running into Where'd you go? <laughs> so the only thing I think um, you need to do in order to get to the Imperial City is to somehow acquire uh, tickets that will take you all the way there. And uh, travel in this world is difficult. I mean, you have to pass on railways that take you through a wasteland of undead 
Um, so <laughs> it's awesome. not as casual as like you know hopping yeah. on a plane to Cincinnati in our world. So I think you either, if anybody has a downtime activity left, and I actually know that Ekaprag does, you either need to acquire an asset, acquire an asset that yep. will allow you to get those traveling papers, those tickets in order, mm-hmm. or you need to, I don't know, give me some kind of action that could go poorly and backfire on you <laughs> in order to not necessarily get the tickets, but to somehow get on a train. Um, uh, right. I, want to acqu- I just want to acquire the asset. Um, I want to get those ticks. That's the easiest. That's the, I mean, perhaps the easiest or the safest mm. route. I think it also seems the most wise from Ekebrag's perspective um, because working people is kind of their, their forte and is more and more these nights. Um, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we've Acquire s- an asset. So, um, uh, that's on page 153. Gain temporary use of an asset. I would say tickets all the way to Imperial City count as that. It's a, It can be one special item or common set of items, and that fits our definition here. Uh, temporary use constitutes one significant period of usage, one trip. That makes sense. To acquire the asset, you roll the cruise tier, and the result indicates the quality of the asset you get. Mm. So... <laughs> So the tier is one to three, tier minus one, which would mean tier zero. Four to five, equal to your tier, tier one, and six means tier plus one. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let that that um, reflect the luxury of the trip, mm. but also mm-hmm. if it if you roll poorly, what class we're in, <laughs> it's not a real ticket. No, <laughs> it's like counterfeit. Forged, yeah. yeah, it's counterfeit. And, and maybe crudely forged, okay. Someone, yes. And because Ekaprag is the one that's uh, putting this together, I think that he, uh, I'm sorry, they, uh, it is a gestalt being now, they should roll to see. Um, and this is just the tier, so am I rolling just, just the one tier, so you're just rolling die? one die. One die. Okay, I'm going to do this with IRL dice. Oh, yes. It's just a D6, right? That's right. Now, right. if you're doing it with in real life dice, honor system, honor buddy. Honor system. I promise I won't hedge because <laughs> I, I say that knowing that probably I'll, I'm about to roll like a two. Here we go. <laughs> Let me just show you how honorable I am, Jared. I didn't roll a two. I rolled a one. No. <laughs> oh. Ah. This Your is t- perfect for us. This is perfect uh, for us. Your tickets are not real. They're not. They weren't actually. Uh, they weren't actually printed by the Ministry of Preservation with their seal on it. And so uh, you were using counterfeit tickets. And in fact, they. Uh, t- if anybody gives them a really close glance, they'll see that they're fake. Uh, and okay. uh, likewise, your travel papers, your passport. Uh, to other cities in the empire is um, counterfeit. Um, cool. Is there a way to resist that? <laughs> yes, you can resist that. Well, oh, no, it's inquiring. No, it's a downtime no, it's activity. Acquired. It's acquiring oh. an asset. We so rarely resist, Almost and this is me. the first time I've really, really wanted to. Okay. <laughs> well, um, I mean, I you know, look, resisting is there to stop consequences yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't like. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, it doesn't. It's not how the rules work. But I'll. I'll let's. Let's do it. Let's. Let's allow it. Oh, is, this, wow. is this cheating? Um, 
Well, I mean, it you're is take cheating, but we're it. allowed to cheat sometimes. You know, You'll take stress. Not... Okay, yeah, I'll take stress for it, right? Okay. Depending yeah. on how much, you, yeah, how much roll, yeah. So, right. um, it's six stress minus, uh, minus, um, oh, forgive me. Oh, yeah, it's whichever, um, whichever attribute you're using. using to resist the consequence, which to me sounds like resolve. Right. You're resolving to get good documents here. Okay, so I roll. <laughs> I just roll you my just resolve. Roll your resolve, yeah. Just okay. your resolve, which is what? How much? Three. Okay. Oh. That's very good. Not too bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh six. wow. Nice. Six stress, and you rolled a six, right? <laughs> I did. So you take no stress, and I'm going to rule that uh, this is why acquiring an asset is not normally something you can resist. I don't. Rather than rather than uh, allowing you to uh, just suddenly have higher quality tickets, I'm saying that that acquire asset doesn't count, and you are forcing, you're threatening people. I don't know. You tell me how you're doing it, but okay. you're going to get to roll again. Okay, uh, it's a roll again. Okay. So it's I a think, roll I again. Think- Ekaprag knows like a porter from the ministry who uh, who would come into the club every now and then, and um, they had they had an understanding where like t- tourists from other parts of the empire they'd like send them our way, we give them a kickback, and uh, go to them like we need tickets, three of them, and the ones that he provides are just I can tell immediately are just like total hack work. Um, it's like what do you think you're doing? Um, so uh, I try to put the fear of God into them to try to actually get some tickets. And I roll a five. A five. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I I just, I didn't realize, you know, uh, who was traveling. Uh, and now that I'm aware of it, I, I believe I can I can get a higher quality um, uh, passage for you. I don't think you can just run around scarping on me thinking that you can... Pass off this shoddy work on me like real Bona Bijou? Oh no, love. I want some real, real class mint documents. Gaddock Station tomorrow, but you, you, you have to leave then. Of course. Noon. All aboard, it's going aboard and all that. Noon. And all so, right. um, if you're all ready to go. We've got our tickets. Uh, We're when, all uh, up. You know, in Dustfall, in Dustfall, there is a sort of a day cycle when the embers of the shattered sun sort of faintly let off uh, a wan light, and so with that sort of weird dusk in the air, you arrive at Gaddock Station. It is the newest and most uh, advanced technolo- technology-wise uh, station in Duskfall. Uh, a lot of it looks like it's made out of chrome, and the trains are uh, large and state-of-the-art. Um, they are belching uh, smoke and uh, crackling with electroplasm. And um, uh, at, a, at the gate, that, uh, that Ministry of Preservation uh, worker is waiting for you. And he hands you three packets. <clears throat> Ever so kind. And um, distribute the packets thank you have a nice trip and then he immediately puts his collar up looks around to make sure nobody saw him and skitters off took a bit of doing but got it done 
smell. Are you ready then? Let's go on aboard. Yes. Find this Fitz character and give a bit of the old shake town. You step onto the White Hollow Express, the first leg of your journey. Your tickets are not luxury first class. They are, <laughs> uh, you know, coach uh, level. And so, and we've brought a bag full of like some essentials, you know. Oh, your loadouts are available, right? Your loadouts are available. So um, you uh, you are sitting on uh, like wooden benches, um, and uh, the three of you can fit on a bench, and then there's room for one more person. And wouldn't you know it, one more person sits down. Um, <laughs> it's uh, like a, a a woman who looks to be uh, maybe a merchant's. Uh, partner or a merchant herself, very middle class, um, and uh, you know, her hair put up in a uh, elaborate uh, style, but very gray with like pearl pins to hold it up. And she gives you all a disapproving look before <laughs> pulling out a small uh, book uh, of of a scripture that she reads as she sits beside mm-hmm. you. Across from you, again, you see another middle class. Um, uh, personage with his entire family, his wife and his mewling children, uh, and the children are dressed in knickers with like little hats with ribbons hanging off of them, and he's shouting at them to quiet down. Uh, and uh, soon, the train pulls away from Gaddock Station, and for the first time, maybe in your life. You are leaving Duskfall, and soon the structures, the infrastructure that surrounds the city, the, the heavy walls, the lightning towers that ring it, they fade away into the distance. You see them fly past your window, and now you're moving out into the wasteland, and you can see where there used to be more city. There used to be other buildings, but now they're crumbled and moss and lichen and a a, a terrifying poisonous yellow grass grows where these buildings used to stand. Uh, And there's an old carriage toppled over on its side. And this all used to be part of the city before the barriers had to be pulled back before the ghosts and the undead made uh, a more uh, got more uh, territory, uh, and now you're moving through this haunted landscape toward the Imperial City, uh, and the sun, the shards of the sun, the the little pieces of it that are left, they don't go. It doesn't go down. They just sort of dim until you can't even see outside. It's simply dark because there are no electric lights out here in the wasteland. Oof. It is just one big shadow and that is where we will end for today when we come back next time we will see the imperial city and we'll watch our crew get their money man (laughs) (laughs) where's where's our money Uh, where's my money honey as Luke Cage would say Um, I want to thank my incredible players Ross Bryant Abu Salim and Josephine McAdam. Thank you. Love playing with this crew. Can't wait for next time. (laughs) And thank you, viewers. Thank you, listeners. This has been Haunted City on the Glass Cannon Network. See you next time. 
Thanks for listening to the Glass Cannon Network. For more podcasts and live streams, visit glasscannonnetwork.com. And for exclusive shows and content you can't find anywhere else, subscribe today at patreon.com slash glasscannon.